0: Warning: This episode contains explicit content. Please proceed with caution. Everybody, and welcome to Whiskey Sex Talk. I am your host, Romeo. And I'm your co host, Maria. She is a matchmaker, dating coach, and the host of the Cupid's Coach podcast. Her mission is to make dating more dignified, meaningful, fruitful, and more fun. To fully utilize the space in between relationships as an opportunity for personal growth and to develop and groom our capacity to be love, to bring love, and to inspire love in others. Please welcome today's guest, Julie.
1: Hi, guys. Julie Furman here, Cupid's coach, and I'm so glad we get to do this together. Let's rock and roll. Everything related to dating, love, romance, matchmaking. Yeah, that's my specialty.
0: Oh, man, I'm so excited. Well, matchmaker, matchmaker, Please tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here. Sure. well, I married the guy who sold me my dating service membership 33 years ago. So first, I was a single girl looking for love, doing a lot wrong and I didn't know it. So I hired myself a dating coach who was a good friend of mine who loved me enough to tell me the truth, including, letting me know where all my blind spots were. So that was the first step. And then I got really busy trying to meet the right people, even before we had the internet. This was a long time ago. And I stumbled into a dating service and the guy who talked me into joining that agency and maxed out my credit cards, 1450 bucks. Yeah, that's the guy I'm married to.
0: I love that story because here you go. You went into a dating service a matchmaking uh, dating service and lo and behold i i really yeah
1: it was kind of bizarre you know he he was this 44 year old bachelor from los angeles never married nice jewish boy from the valley and it was st louis i was i grew up in st louis so i moved back there i was working for the ritz carlton hotel company and i had no life i was totally working 90 hours a week. So I stumble into this dating service. The guy took my money. And then later I started, you know, meeting people, looking through the books, making selections. And I joked with him one day. I said, Hey, I looked in the G book under Gill, and I didn't see you. What's the story with you, pal? And he said, well, I'm not supposed to ask out my members. <laughs> and I said, Darn, well, what would you do if one of your members asked you out? And he said, if she was cute, I'd probably go. I said, come on, let's go have a beer. And literally, five weeks later, we got engaged, and five months later, we got married. Two months later, we got pregnant. That boy is 31, and then his little brother is 29 now. So I worked for Gil for a long time. We sold his companies, and then 20 years ago, I started mine. And I've got over 36,000 people privately registered. And I work with both men and women, all ages, from free to VIP and everything in between. So here's, you know... Your
0: intuition basically led you right into this somehow.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, the intuition, I think you're right, Maria. It was like, I knew that I wasn't maximizing my opportunities. I knew I had blind spots. I didn't know that I had daddy issues and I was going for people who were a lot like my dad, even though that really wasn't a good idea. Mm. I had to figure that out and it took a dating coach to show it to me. And then I thought, all right, let's not say yes. Let's not, let's not say no to that guy if he seems like he's got all these wonderful qualities, but maybe also let's not overlook other potential candidates, guys who are knocking on my door. Like Gil was a little older than I thought he was supposed to be. I didn't expect that I would marry a Jewish guy. Uh, So, yeah, part of it was the coaching element, learning how to make better choices and entertain my real opportunities. And then the other part was to just put myself in what we call a target-rich environment where I'm more likely to find good candidates than I had been on my own.
0: That's amazing. And here's what I find so beautiful, what you do. We are living in the dating app era there. You have, you know, we can just name Tinder, Bumble, I don't know, Humble, whatever. There's so many out there. And these apps, they they have a purpose. But what they don't help you is how do you navigate the dating scene? How do you really, really filter and find potential matches, solid matches because no one, no one no one, really is there for us. I mean, we sign up, you know, we put our pictures, we put our little input and in, in, in our information in the app, and we just swipe right and left. But there's really no catering or concierge service that people require. I really, you know, listen, the matchmaking business has been around for thousands of years throughout different cultures. We all know, and it's worked. It's really, really worked. And we're seeing that now. You have Netflix with all these matchmaking series. And it's genuinely we're coming back full circle to how people who really are serious about finding their match are really genuinely going to matchmakers. And you talked about something very interesting that I really do love, that you said that when you were dating, no one told you that you had daddy issues and you were going out there, out and about, and you were kind of projecting all this stuff. And that's what I love about the matchmaking um services and and everything is that really you have a coach and you have people really working with you to be a better person and present yourself and be present here's what
1: I want to ideally know. ideally <laughs> Romeo there are plenty of matchmakers out there whose primary mission is to just sell their next high dollar right, client right right uh I've been doing this for 33 years and I just can't Put my heart and soul in that part of the industry. Yes, I do have matchmaking clients who pay me a bunch of money, but they have to jump through a bunch of hoops before they get there. I only want to work with people who are growth oriented, who are really looking for their blind spots, because obviously the way they've been doing gating hasn't yet provided the intended result. So the two functions that I provide for my clients are one in the world of learning growth Education, inspiration, being our best selves, so that we can more likely attract the type of person in our mind's eye. But then the other part is actual sifting, sorting, providing those opportunities for people. And it's not as easy as people think. It's not, I don't do blind date matchmaking. I'm not just going to say, hey, Romeo, you know what? I got a gal named Maria, you got to meet, and uh, just go for it. No, I'm not going to do that. Right. First thing I'm going to do is get your profile complete so I know all about who you are, type of person you'd love to meet. Same thing with Maria. And then I got to run the search for one person or the other. So I might be running a search for Maria, but I treat women a little differently than I treat men because honestly, we girls, we can't handle rejection. We, we don't expect it. And if it ever happens, we want to kill somebody. So I work around it (laughs) and I only will first go to the guy, make sure timing is right, make sure his profile's all done. My photos are current, all of that. But then if she looks like a good candidate for you, I'm going to share her profile first. And there's something that's really distinctly different about men than it is about women. It's the biggest distinction in how we go about dating. Can you guess what it is? I bet Romeo can guess it.
0: Uh, I want to say men are visual.
1: Yes, it's true. And women are more visual now than they've ever been because we grew up with the media right. and the visuals and all of that. But here's the honest to goodness truth. I only we only have a shot as a woman. We only have a shot with the guy who thinks we're hot. There's a certain level of visual inspiration that needs to be there for a guy, or I literally cannot get him off the couch or off of his computer to court a woman properly. We girls, we don't get this. We don't know this. And when we do find this out, we make the mistake of thinking you guys are superficial and shallow and it's not true. Do you want to know what the real truth is? You have equipment that needs to work in order for (laughs) babies to be born on our planet and it's true. if that equipment yeah. doesn't feel inspired, there's just nothing I can do to get a guy to be, so women make the mistake of going after a guy she has absolutely no shot at. She doesn't even know if he's single. She doesn't know if he's gay or straight. She doesn't know if he's attracted to her. She doesn't know if they share any of the same passions or values. So I check for that stuff first. And then I go to the guy and I sit there on the edge of my chair waiting so patiently for him to give me the yes response. And if he gives me the yes (laughs) response, then I have something for my girl Maria. And then if she makes the misguided decision to say no to his invitation, oh, no, that's not good. (laughs) As my sister says, we only have a shot with a guy who thinks we're hot. Give him a shot first and try the hat on and see how it feels and see if it works well and if it does great. Otherwise, we try on another hat. But I don't like to go to the woman first and say, what do you think of Romeo? What do you think of Romeo? She gets all excited. And then I find out later he's just not inspired and there's nothing I can do. So I handle all that on the back end. And I only present women with good news, which is a better way to handle ladies than teasing them with potentially bad news.
0: That's that's wonderful. And it's actually so refreshing to hear what you're saying, only because we're living in an age where that is not taken into consideration. People are just rushing in and you are really, you're really paying attention to the reality of what it is to really date for potential matches. Now here, you talked about this briefly and here's what I want to know. What are the biggest mistakes uh, women and men uh, make in dating?
1: Well, the biggest mistake we make as women is dismissing, discarding, vetoing, or otherwise blowing off a real live suitor who's available shares her passion, shares her desire for relationship, and more importantly, he's hot to meet her. And she dismisses him because he doesn't match the fictitious image that she has in her mind Mm. of the perfect guy. It's actually a really safe way for women to date. And so before I even think about taking on a client, I will do what I'm going to do twice later today, which is one of these... $295 $295 consultations. It's two hours of my time, an hour of his time or her time. We look at real live people together. And that's where I get a chance to see if they got their head screwed on straight or if they're, excuse my French, batshit crazy. So first I got to do that. And I will not work with a man or a woman whose expectations are not in line with reality. So that's how I kind of set have that part. And then guys, I love guys. Do you want to know what you guys do? That is the biggest mistake.
0: <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> go ahead.
1: I, I love your confidence. You know, guys will shoot for a woman they have absolutely no shot at. Right, he right. thinks she looks awesome. He's attracted. He's interested. Now he may be targeting a broad enough group of people that it's okay if he puts Barbie in there because <laughs> there's also Barbie's <laughs> Older sister and younger sister and cousin who's a little curvier or whatever the thing is. But if you Yeah, he's... I think her name was Stacy or something <laughs> in the Barbie
0: world. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Barbie's
0: if <he's>... little sister.
1: <laughs> yeah. If he's focused on meeting a woman that I know is not going to go for him, I'm not an idiot. I'm not taking him on as a matchmaking client. I'm going to hope that he'll go into my boot camp and we'll have a chance to iron out some of these issues. Because we don't know that that the way we're doing dating isn't working until somebody lovingly says, oh, you know what, Romeo, this one person that you selected, guess what? They never say yes to anybody. But you know who does often say yes is this person and this person and this person. How about we choose from among this group? Something like that. That's, you know, and
0: a lot of that, you know, you, you brought up a, good, a very interesting point that guys will tend to aim you know aim for the stars and they end up landing on the moon but um, the, the truth is a lot of this stuff comes from the media we've, we've been told in movies and novels we've been we've been conditioned to set to think okay the movie storyline goes like this decent guy gets the hot girl he goes out of his way to prove his worth hot girl uh, looks at the decent guy is used to, like, all the guys paying attention, but then, like, the decent guy just gives her, like, the correct type of attention. But the reality is, is that's not the reality. There's so many variables at play. and 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 you're right. Guys do that. We do that. We're visual creatures. I think it stems... I, I also believe this. This is just me. I believe that this whole, like... Aim for like the 10 when you're, let's say a a seven, which is not bad, but I'm saying that the reality, where does that come from? When you're a little kid, you want that shiny toy. We've learned what we've done is we've taken our material, our understanding of material things and applied it to like relationships as if that's the, that doesn't translate. And no, it
1: doesn't. It And and the online sites and the swiping apps, it's objectified so much. And, and the bigger the city, the bigger the problem. Right. It's like if you go to a cruise ship and you're at the midnight buffet and there's every kind of food you could possibly imagine whether you're hungry or not, it's disgusting. Right. It's gross. Yeah. You leave. I think I'm just going to go home hungry. I just can't deal. And that's what happens. The more choices we have, the more puzzling it is. It's called the paradox of choice. So part of my role as the matchmaker is to sift and sort. And the two consultations that I'm doing later today, we're not going to look at thousands and thousands of people. We might look at 30 or 40 and I'm watching because I want to see Who are they going for? And if they're going for people that I know they really don't have a shot at, I have a chance to gently help them understand that they're going for the usual suspects. And there's something really scary that I learned this past week in the research I'm doing for my boot camp. I did a deep dive into the study of online dating and oh my goodness gracious, is it scary. The algorithms are created such that Ken and Barbie keep getting served up right over right and over yes yeah.
0: yes 100 Be- because
1: those are the people that cause people to want to keep stay- spending right. money and right before the end of the three-month program they get a whole bunch of kens they get a whole bunch of barbies because they want you to stay engaged. right the online dating communities don't want us to succeed they want us to keep being miserable and paying
0: them oh it's an addiction it's they, you know, they, it's a subscription plan they want you to be a subscriber and how do they create that by not giving you realistic expectations or creating a realistic a, a realistic environment that really truly yeah. represents what your what Oof. your needs are what you want and here you know you know julie this is this is a thing too is that you know um we're so desensitized now you know i had to unplug from the dating apps because right. i literally was like you know what what am i not doing here I'm not living in the moment. I'm not taking my butt to events. I'm not going here. And this is what people need to do. You need to go out. You need to do it the way we normally meet people, which is join a sports club, join a, you know, whatever, join something that allows the opportunity for you to meet other people but we're not doing that because we're so we busy we need to do all
1: of it we need to do all, all of it. it you're right and, and especially i've got 15 people in my boot camp right now and this week's challenge is each one of them is going to be planning their own event every single exactly. one of them we got to do it all you know it's not bad to pay attention to the online dating sites don't get you know to the point where you're there every day for right. 2 hours don't spend don't spend more than two minutes on TikTok. Just delete the damn thing. There's mm-hmm. nothing satisfying there. <laughs> it's the Yeah, it's nothing. And you know, here's <laughs> the thing. And, and here's the thing. I don't I even th- have TikTok, thank God. Please I, don't. I do, Just but I don't. don't want it. Like he, the the
0: reality is too, let, let's be honest, is that there's a lot of, you can't, if you really are looking for marriage material individuals, you need to really work with Matchmaking services. I really believe this. I believe it because there's a lot of things. Look, I'm I, I'm 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 an Orthodox Jew, and what I can tell you is there's matchmaking services. You can see the Netflix uh, show, but that's just like a, 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 a one version of it. But everybody that I know, a lot of my friends and and my circle, my group of friends, uh, most of them met their 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 partners, their their wives or husbands through matchmaking services, and wow. it, and ha- happily married with kids. I mean, yeah, you have outliers where people divorce, but that's a whole different thing. But really, a, the majority of it, it, does work. And people believe that this it's antiquated, but it's not, it's an amazing opportunity. And it's the just the amount of care that goes into when like you're coming in and you're like, hey, I wanna, I really wanna get married, but you know, I'm, maybe I'm doing something wrong. The matchmaking services are so good for individuals because it just, it's so, it just, it's there from beginning middle and end and you can't well, put a price on it especially now <laughs> because
1: almost all the matchmakers have a private free registry database option so not everybody should hire the matchmaker one of my passions is helping people figure out what should they do how should they do dating i'm in contact with a woman right now who's 70 years old she looks fantastic she wants to date a younger guy who's in her league financially That's not easy to find. I might not encourage her to spend money with the matchmaker. I might encourage her just get great photos, get registered. I have to really look and see if I think it's in that person's best interest. The two groups of people who are always challenged. Young guys, it's really hard for the young guys. Think about it. Those young guys, they're they're at the youngest part of the, they're, they're never hornier than they are in their 20s <laughs> or early 30s, right? right? And the statistics are showing us that there's no generation of human beings that's had less sex than this young generation coming up right now because of all the things right. that's, that are available. It's just disgusting. So young guys are struggling because that cute little 28 to 32 year old that all the guys want to meet is getting inundated with selections. And the other group of people that struggles is us girls. And the older we are, the more challenging it is. Over the age of 65, there are three times as many single women as there are single men. Should all of those single women hire a matchmaker? No, definitely not. I will help them discover if they should or not. It's always a function of their level of desirability. What do they bring into the table? But more importantly, what's their level of selectivity? If she's a seven and she wants to meet the nine and a half, uh, oh, it's probably not going to happen. And it's, it's related to so many factors, not just looks. I call it romantic market value. And we all have different ingredients that will cause us to be in demand or maybe not so much. I have a consultation today with a woman who's six feet tall, six feet tall. That's tough. She she requires her guys to be Six six feet or taller. Yeah, you know what? That's that's like she wants six two or taller. That's three point eight percent of the population. Does she really want to ignore as possibilities ninety seven percent of the men out there? These are the kinds right. of screwed up ways that we think height matters. But I don't know one relationship that made it or didn't based on height. What's more important, her stupid high heels or having a relationship with a, a real life man? Right.
0: There's a lot of different things. Like you said it. You did. You did say something interesting. You said that. Not everybody needs that. You might need to do coaching, upload your pictures, do this, do that. But that's what I'm trying to say is that there is someone there for you to walk you to see what is it that you need in order to enter this pool, this like dating pool, but really this pool for marriage, really. Um, And here's the other thing that you mentioned it earlier. And I really want to know this. How does one discover one's own blind spot? Based on your years <laughs> of experience, here's a really easy way to do it. It's scary.
1: <laughs> Ask your friends where your blind spots are.
0: That's really the, that's that's your salute. That's really your your uh, your your uh, your tip here.
1: <laughs> well, um, I can't really know where somebody's blind spots are until we do that consultation, and even more so after we've had a chance to do some introductions and I get post date feedback. Yeah. I just picked up post-date feedback from an event that happened last night or from a date that happened last night. He thinks it went great. He thinks that he <laughs> can't wait to have a second date. He's totally into it. And she's Uh-oh. like, I don't know. Why does it sound
0: like it's a no on the other end?
1: <laughs> I don't know. She said, I, I, "Let's let's get on the phone and talk about it. And so what I'm going to ask her is if he appears to have evidence of her critical criteria, not that big, long laundry list. I don't care if she has a hundred things on her wish list of her perfect guy, but I know her and she's looking for a guy who wants marriage and family, a guy who's honest, moral, good integrity, values, communicative, somebody she can trust, and somebody who shares her passions in life, couple of passions, they have fun together. So if her reason for hesitating on him is something that's secondary, like, oh, he wasn't quite as tall as I would like or, oh, you know, he looks like he might be losing his hair or, oh, you know, he has been divorced and I wish he'd never been married. Any of those things, I'm going to ask her if the reasons why she's hesitating are critical or just secondary in nature. And if so, I'm going to advocate for the second date. I'm a big advocate for second dates and third dates. And if if the chemistry thing and if all of it doesn't seem to fit nicely together by the third date, well, we got a nice friend here, but we're probably not going to end up in a relationship. And keep your pants on till you know the answer to that question. Hello.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. He, what
1: happens when, let's
0: say, you get people that they match, they f- they fit together like puzzle, like a puzzle, like puzzle pieces, and out of nowhere you know, they get along, everything, everything's in place, but one of them gets like, I don't know, I don't think this is going to work out. What do you do? Is that something that you consider critical or secondary? What happens in that process? Because we've, we've, I've
1: seen that. Here's what I really recommend. Keep your friends. First off, don't jump into the bedroom because we can always take a friendship and spin it into a romance later, but it's pretty hard to go backwards, right? So I will encourage people Explore on a on a personal friendship level first. See how it feels being together without attachment. Ask those in question. Ask those important questions. What are you looking for down the road? What's your primary dating purpose? The timing aspect has to be right. And sometimes Mm. it isn't. I've got a gentleman I'm working with right now who's brand new at dating. He was married for 20 years and now here he is dating all over again. It's early stages of dating for him. He might not be quite ready for the one. He might want to try some hats on for a while. He's not moving girls into the bedroom early on. He's taking his time. He's building his social network. He's doing everything right. So he's going to have a date on Friday night with a woman who I know is ready for lifelong love, for her next first date to be her last first date. And I went ahead and let her know he's early in the dating process. He might not be ready to find his girl until a year from now, he might meet you and you might be the one who just, he can see the future in your eyes Mm -hmm. kind of thing happens that way for guys. Sometimes you might not quite be like really ready. You don't think you're ready. You can't even envision lifelong love. You meet somebody special and you are like, Whoa, I, I could do long-term with this person. It's like you guys are sometimes inspired by a woman to enter into that type of a relationship. We think you guys have commitment issues and we are so wrong. We are so wrong. Do you know, two thirds of the divorces in this country are initiated by women, not by men. Wow, but women that think is true. Men, and women think men have commitment issues. It's not true. Now, there's a lot of false perception in, on all yeah. of this. And Sometimes I, we girls are conditionally committal and we have to be kind of woken up to this reality. It's a painful reality, but you know, I, I see it all the time where women will say, Oh yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'm in for life. Oh, but not if you lose your job. Oh, he cheated on me. Oh, you know what? I just don't feel it anymore. I just don't feel it. I'm just not in love anymore. And then she'll think that maybe a greener on the other side. And I'm here to tell you, it's not ladies and gentlemen, it's not.
0: Yeah. Thank that you. actually brings me to, um, that actually brings me to a to the point that I I kind of, I, well, I wanted to see if, if you would agree with this, because I think a lot of people are misled by this romantic notion of love that your initial connection needs to be, you know, with sparks flying and there just needs to be this outrageous chemistry and passion. And, and if you don't have that, if that's not there, if you when you met or one day, that's sometimes an indicator for people to say. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I guess it's all, that's it. We're Mm -hmm. done with all this, but I don't know. That's why I I
1: really like second and third dates, Maria. I'm thinking of this one couple who's just so happily married for 15 years. And first she was my client, very beautiful, wonderful woman, Pacific Palisades, Los Angeles, just gorgeous. And Wanted to meet the Clooney types, okay? So I introduced her to a bunch of tall, dark, and handsome guys, and we had a really great experience together, but nobody who got past date number two or three. And so at the end of her program, she was a little disappointed, as anybody would be. If they spend the money to hire the matchmaker at the end, they're like still single. and But they don't disappear out of my database. I know her really well, love her to pieces. Of course, I'm going to refer her any chance I get. So this guy comes in. Does a consultation with me. We're sitting together looking at pictures and he sees this lady's profile and he's like, that's it. We're done. She's my girl. And I'm thinking, not really, because I know her type and you're not it, right? He wasn't the cleany <laughs> type. So I call her up. I said, "I got a guy. He he's got the wedding planned. He's got the guest list already put together." And she laughs. And then she sees this photo, and she's like, "Oh, Jewel, he's not my guy. You know, he's a little older, and he needs more hair." And I'm like, "I know." And we've been dating your type, and none of them have stuck. So this guy's got the wedding planned already. Why don't we just give him a shot? She's like, "Okay, whatever." First date. He's madly in love. He's ready to go. She's like, "Nice guy, but right." And so she's inclined not to say yes to his invitation for a second date. He says, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I said, you are going to go back to her profile and study up on it. And you're going to give her a second date invitation that, you know, she cannot refuse. Refuse, He takes her to the ballet. Okay. She loves the ballet. They fell in love, but not until the third date. It Took her three times of being together before she realized, oh my God, I must've had a broken picker all my life because I've never felt more beautiful than when I'm in this guy's presence and they are just lighting the world on fire together, both very philanthropic, just incredible. She had to have a matchmaker who would help her not blow it.
0: Wow. It's just the timing. The timing was right for, I guess everything just happened. You know, here it was, uh, she had gone through all these guys and it wasn't working. And then this one guy who picked her She gave – but that's the thing. she That's what I'm trying to say. She allowed herself the opportunity. She gave herself the opportunity. She she
1: had a certain threshold of willingness to keep her eyes open and not just go for what I call the usual suspects. The usual suspects are the Kens and the Barbies who are spoiled rotten. And if we focus only on that group, oh, boy, we're just waiting. We're just going to end up with our future divorce because those people – what breeds narcissism? It's three things: looks, power, and money. All right. So if everybody's looking for successful people who are good-looking and charming and charismatic, all of that, well, go look up what narcissism is. Right. It's all of those things. You kind of—it's helpful to have somebody who says, "You know what, Maria? It's okay to meet this guy. You just watch out. I can be good. <laughs> X, Y, or Z." Meanwhile, don't forget. This guy, Jeff, is dying to have a third date with you. Why don't you give both of them a shot and we'll see which hat fits best.
0: Wow. Julie, thank you. Here's one last thing. One last question I do have. What are key online dating musts according to, let's say, what you, what you recommend?
1: Yeah. Um, you need really awesome, great, clear, current photos. I want a smiling face shot. This year's version of you. If you're not showing your teeth, people will not pick you because they think your teeth are yellow, crooked or missing altogether. Smiling face shot, no sunglasses. You can have glasses on in one of your photos, but only one. And it's not your main one. I need a body shot. Okay. And of today's version of your body without the, Filters that allow you to change what your waistline actually yeah. looks like, right? And please yeah. don't make your photo in front of the nasty ass shower curtain in your bathroom. Oh, gosh. Oh, no God. selfies. No selfies. Or the clutter.
0: Or the clutter. <laughs> no or Your
1: living room, all of your laundry piled on your bed. And all that. people these yeah. days. I don't. Who's <laughs> who who doing this? this? So, but also um, only only uh, include photos that are within a year or two old. If you sometimes have a beard and sometimes don't, put both. If a woman sometimes wear her hairs up, sometimes down, sometimes curly, sometimes straight, show all of it and um, only put what's true on your profile. Don't lie about anything and put right there in your essays nothing on my profile is anything but true, including my age and everything on your profile should be positive. Don't say nobody who voted for Donald Trump. Goodness gracious. Nobody should ask anybody who they voted for. The policies are more important than the personalities. Let's get real, folks. Right. (laughs) Listen,
0: Julie, You're thank you so much for, for that advice, because you know, you know how it is out there and you you you're working with people. But here's the last thing that I want to know. If people want to get a hold of you, what is the best way to reach reach out to you?
1: It's so much fun. Just go to julieferman.com and register. It's free, it's private, anywhere on the planet. If you have an internet connection and you speak the English language, I want to be able to help. And also the Cupid's Coach podcast. All of my dating advice is there. It's free. And I need to have you on my podcast since you've had me on yours. We'll do a podcast. Yes. Great.
0: All All right. Great. All right, Julie. Thank you so much for that. And all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today's episode. Once again, I am your host, Romeo. And I'm your co-host, Maria. Till next time.